This is Shine On, the health and happiness show with Casey, an Ella's Leash production. Shine On is a weekly presentation with guests, ideas, information, and fun designed to improve your life from 100.7 WHUD. Hi, it's Casey. Thanks for shining on today. Within the next few minutes, you will understand what your cells are doing and why you need to eat colorful food. Dr. Susan Blum is a New Yorker and her health center is in Rye, and this is what can help cure you. You know, 70% of what you eat every day should be plants. It should be vegetables. You just have to eat more vegetables. A Mediterranean diet is about a lot of olive oil. It's the quality of your fat. You know, choosing a lot of olive oil, nuts and seeds, fish. That's the basics of a Mediterranean diet. That's where they get all their fat from. That's on the way. But first, ladies and gentlemen, if you have been waiting to make a change, Bree Seely is in LA and she is giving you permission to leap. She's got the experience. So I've been leaping for about 20 years. The first conscious one I remember was when I was 14. But I think the biggest one that got me exactly where I am today is that when I got out of college and grad school, I I studied fashion and I started my own fashion brand and I had been running my own fashion brand for years and I was finding great, you know, good enough success with it and it was my passion and, you know, my life purpose and all this stuff until it wasn't. I was getting really stressed out, really anxious, really overwhelmed and ended up being in meditation one day and getting a really clear message of please just stop. Fashion is not it for you. It's not enough. It's not fulfilling you. You need to close your brand down. And that was on a Saturday. And the following Tuesday, I announced that I was closing my business. I like no, no waiting, no nothing, no signs, just like the one message was enough. And I closed it and I literally left into the unknown. I'm just, when you hear that voice, I believe you must obey it immediately. Yeah. How did you come to have such a great relationship with that voice inside? Years and years and years and years of practice. (laughs) And this is, you know, what I tell people. They sit down to meditate once and they're like, it didn't work. And I'm like, well, of course it didn't work. You have to practice with something. You have to dedicate yourself to it on a regular basis. You have to be present for it. Like, it's like building a relationship, right? Mm -hmm. If you want to build a relationship with a new person in your life, you don't show up once and be like, nah, you know, a girlfriend of mine was dating once and she would go on one date and be like, I can't marry him. And I'm like, (laughs) you don't even know him. Of course you can't marry him. Like, and it's the same thing with meditation. You can't just show up once and be like expecting the world to like bend at your feet. It doesn't work that way. I've been meditating now, I think for nine years consistently you know I get those messages more frequently now than I ever did in the past for the first five or six years of meditation I didn't get anything but it was about developing that muscle and really cultivating the space and and letting the universe know and and my higher self know that I'm in this for the long haul you know I'm not just showing up when it's convenient or when I need something Mm -hmm. I'm showing up every day but all of the people listening just said five years and she didn't get anything I can't wait five years but you really mean I'm sure I got things right right? but just not that clear even this book I was in meditation in January and got this message you are writing a book and you're leaving Los Angeles for two weeks in June to go write it oh where did you go I went to Seattle so your voice has plans for you baby well, of course it has some plans, but then I was like, okay, well, what am I writing and where am I going? 
which then came, right? Like it came over a period of time as opposed to just in that one instance. Mm-hmm. But of, of course, I wanted to know everything in that moment right then. And what do you do when you want more answers and the voice is quiet? I keep showing up. I mean, when I, this year, when I wanted to know where I was going and what I was writing about, you know, it was just a matter of showing up every day and continuing to meditate every day and being like, this is me being open, being present, being receptive, and I'm here. Show me. Show me. And between that and then this year, what I did was I ended up starting a journal. And any time I had a conversation that inspired me, any time I read an article that inspired me, any time I had a thought that was really fun or different, I would just jot it down in this notebook. And I just started keeping track of all of them. And then when it was time to actually be like, okay, but legitimately, what am I writing this book about? I went back to the notebook and started paging through and seeing what consistencies were in there, what things I was writing about more often than not, what was inspiring me, all that stuff. And so it was showing up, but in a multitude of ways. We're talking to Bree Seeley. Her new book is going to help you leap into a new life. This is a, a sort of a second life for you, so it is possible to have more than one life's purpose and life's passion, right? Well, I'm a cat person, so I think we get nine, right? Ah, <laughs> nine is good. Nine is good. I'm like that. I don't care. I wear a lot of hats. I'll try them all yeah. on. But you've got a big hat right now, and you're going to help a lot of people. I have to go backwards and ask, though, that first leap that you were conscious of at 14. Oh, I didn't do any leap until I was like 30. Tell me about your teenage leap. So I was raised by a single mom, um, and my grandparents helped out a lot because she, of course, had like four jobs when I was growing up, right? I was always really connected to that side of the family, and I was born with my father's last name and just never really truly connected with his side of the family. They were much more rigid. They were bankers, you know, the suits and the properness and the things, whereas, you know, my grandma was like come sit on my lap and cry, what do you need? And I just always felt a lot more connected to my mom's side of the family. And so at 14, I was like, you know, I'm old enough. I get to now choose kind of what my life looks like. And I went to my mom and I said, I want to change my last name. I want to be a Seely. This is my family and I want to be a Seely. And so at 14, I wrote a letter to the Rice County Court System and uh, petitioned them to change my last name. And then, of course, with my mom's help, because I couldn't drive then, uh, went down to the courthouse and stood in front of the judge and made my case and got them to to change my last name. Wow. And all the Seelys cried. (laughs) <laughs> I don't actually remember that. I, of course, remember the backlash from the other side of the family, but I don't remember the, the series reaction. Yeah, yeah, they were probably very happy. So that is a big leap for a young girl. Now you're helping others to take a leap, and uh, your inner voice told you that this was the book to write. So what is your inner voice's purpose here? My, I mean, I believe that any person's inner voice is really just their connection with the divine, their connection with spirit, with God, with whatever that looks like for you, that higher power, that higher purpose. Are you and, under arrest uh, right now, by the way? No. I live in downtown Los Angeles, so unfortunately the sirens are like a normal thing okay. for me. Yeah, well, <laughs> you're talking to New York, so we understand. Yep. Anyway, I'm sorry I interrupted. You were saying... 
No, no. So, um, I, you know, our higher, our voice is just that connection with the biggerness that is out there. And so, you know, for me, connecting with it kind of helps me to get out of my humanness because as humans, we have a very limited capacity, very limited viewpoint. And it really helps me tap into the possibility and tap into what's available to me and the things that I can't see, which I believe the things that we can't see are much more prevalent and much more amazing than the things that we can see in the world. And so it helps me really tap into the unknown, taps into the magic and the divine in the world so that I can be a bridge between the human world and the spirit world. Ladies and gentlemen, Bree Seely singing my song. I love it. I love it. All right. Yes, I I get that. I'm on board with that. All right. So so isn't it great that you get to help be this bridge? It's pretty cool. I have to admit when you said that just now, I got full body chills. Like it's it's pretty cool. I I am you know, of course, at the time, it was hard to shut down my fashion brand. My ego had a lot to say about it. Mm-hmm. I'm just so glad that I listened to that voice because if I were still in fashion, I don't know who I would be, what kind of woman I'd be, or how happy I would be in any way, shape, or form. Right. So now you can help coach people into a leap of their own and, and wear a cute outfit to boot. Exactly. I tell my private clients, they get a private day session with me, and I'm like, you get me for 10 hours. If that looks like me taking you shopping, I will gladly do it. Like, whatever you need, I am here for you. Wow, that's amazing. I would love that. Wow, what, that's great. It's an intense great. day, but it's good. All right, so, okay, I would imagine the first thing you would tell people if they're wanting to approach a leap is to meditate. What other things could we yeah. share? So the daily practice, obviously, is huge. Whether that looks like meditation for you or taking a run or going for a walk or whatever, as long as it's that time and that space to really connect with that higher voice. The other thing I always tell people is the first step is always commitment, which no one wants to ever do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> If you're sitting on the fence and you're waffling back and forth between two things, the universe doesn't know what to send you. Like, it's so confused about, you know, okay, you're taking a vacation in December. Are you going to Vermont or are you going to Hawaii? Is the universe sending you a parka or is it sending you a bikini? And because it doesn't know what to send you, it just ends up sending you nothing at all. And so until you make a commitment and you're really clear about this is what I want, this is what I'm creating, this is where I'm going. The universe, like, cannot spring into action. And so without a commitment, it places you in a place of stagnation. Great. Now, when you say universe, are you picturing, like, a bunch of little elves in the background just (laughs) waiting for you to make up your mind? Or what exactly is the universe? Yeah, so for me, I kind of use that as a catch-all because, you know, some people call it God, some people call it Spirit, some people call it Buddha and Allah and all these different things. And for me, it's all the same. It's all one. For me, it's more of an energy. And I believe, you know, it's really common to see these things as outside of us. You know, God is an entity that exists outside of us. Buddha is an entity that exists outside of us. And I actually believe that each and every, like, it lives within each and every one of us. So each one of us is divine. We have it within us. As humans, though, I think it's a little easier for us to see it as something that's external. Mm -hmm. And like, so I go, I kind of go back and forth between the external internal thing. But 
for me, it's just an energy, and it's kind of an all-encompassing magical energy that's just surrounding me all the time. Sometimes I get to see it. Sometimes, you know, it sends me really clear signs, and mm-hmm. other times I can just feel it around me. So, so energy that's around you, and when you focus and say, this is what I want, the energy can build around a theme. When you say yeah. you can see it, what does that look like? Oh, just little serendipitous things. I there When I was writing the book in Seattle, I started listening to this song by 100 Waters called Show Me Love. And I was walking around Green Lake that day and listening to this song. And I noticed that, like, you know, it's common, especially in L.A., people, like, don't look at you or they look down or mm-hmm. they, they just kind of, you know, they have big sunglasses on or whatever. And that day in Seattle when I was listening to that song, I noticed that almost every single person I walked by smiled at me and looked me in the eyes. Yep. That's what I mean when I say that, like, I can see the universe. It happens in those moments. Or on a day when I'm like, oh, okay, universe, like send me some financial abundance. And I walk outside and there's like, I, this happened to me once. I was walking out of a restaurant and there was literally a $20 bill at my feet. Mm. You know, like that's, that's the universe showing me that like, I hear you. I'm here. Okay. But what about the times you ask for financial abundance and you don't find a $20 bill? Then I start looking for abundance in other ways because i you know, I know that the energy of abundance doesn't discriminate. So whether it's extra smiles on a walk or a $20 bill on the ground or someone picking up a a cup of coffee for me or, you know, whatever that looks like, Mm -hmm. I start really just tapping into the energy of abundance. And eventually the financial stuff flows. Um, It doesn't always flow in the way that we think it's going to come or the amount that we want it to be or whatever, but it always comes. I keep a list of all the abundance that comes in my life, whether it be financial or otherwise. So like things on that list right now is I have I have three interns, amazing interns working under me for school credit right now. And they are my like abundance. Yeah. Like I am so grateful for them every single day. They're working their butts off to get the grade that I'm going to be giving them. Mm-hmm. And they're supporting me so much in the meantime. But that's one of the things that I just like. I just dive into all of the abundance around me versus just having to make it financial. Right. And I believe, too, so, so you're focusing on the abundance you do have, which creates the focus for the energy to build on. And I think yes, we're all because- so much more abundant than we even realize if we were to stop and just look at everything we have in our lives. Yeah, but we're so conditioned to look at everything we don't have, which then creates more of what we don't have. So if (laughs) you were walking around the lake that day and you were listening to like, I don't know, death metal about, you know, everybody's going to crash and burn, do you think you would have gotten those smiles? I, I, you know, the way I believe things, I I don't think I would have because our energy, people feel your energy, like it, your energetic frequency radiates out from you. And if you're carrying around an energy of anger, I mean, we've all had those people that we've walked by on the streets and you're just like, oh, I don't know what's going on with them, but like that didn't feel good. You can, you can feel people's energy. And so if I were walking, and I can tell on the days when I'm walking around closed and I'm walking around with my shoulders hunched and my head down and like, you know, kind of like in my own little hole, I can tell the difference. And sometimes that's necessary too. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, I do it often in Los Angeles, unfortunately. But, you know, there's those days when I just like, I, I, I have to show up for myself and that means that I can't show up for anything else. Uh, Bree Seely is the guest. Her book is called Permission to Leap. Tell us where we can go to get more information. Um, you can hop over to my website, BreeSeely.com. That's B-R-I-S as in Sam, E-E-L-E-Y. Bree Seely, Permission to Leap. 
let me know where you land. Now, what's your inflammation? Do you have an itis? We are about to learn about the combustion engine that is in every cell and how we keep that engine from catching fire. Warning, fast talker alert. Dr. Susan Blum is a New Yorker. Her health center is in Rye. Her book is called Healing Arthritis. Healing Arthritis, Dr. Blum. Your skepticism that I hear in your voice is a perfect place to start because most people think that uh, arthritis is inevitable. You know, it's something that we get as we age and or, you know, the other big group of arthritis conditions is rheumatoid arthritis or the autoimmune arthritis. And when people get that, they also think that there's nothing they can do other than taking medication to control the pain. And I practice something called functional medicine, and it's a specialty. I'm two decades now I've been practicing medicine this way. I'm a conventionally trained doctor. I'm an MD, initially trained in internal medicine. I'm board certified in preventive medicine. And at the end of the day, what I've learned by practicing functional medicine, which is a different kind of way of looking at chronic illness, it's about finding and treating the root cause of where the pain is coming from. What I've learned about practicing functional medicine and what science is telling us now, the research, the pain that people are feeling, the pain that your listeners are feeling in their joints, people with arthritis, with inflammation, that pain and inflammation is coming from somewhere else in the body. It originates somewhere else and it ends up in the joints. So arthritis is a systemic disease. It's not just something that happens in the joints, which means that there's a lot you can do about it. And if you think about folks that think this is only something older folks get, there 30% of people aged 45 to 65 have doctor-diagnosed arthritis. So this is now happening younger and younger. And part of the reason is because we now have so many inflammatory diseases in our country, which we all know about, the epidemics of heart disease and cancer and autoimmune disease. This is all stemming from inflammation in the body. And depending on who you are and and your, your genetics, and if you've had injury in that joint for another reason, your inflammation could show up in your joint. Somebody else, the inflammation could show up in their heart. You know, there's different places that it could end up. Wear and tear and injury does happen. And if you look at two joints on an x-ray, you can see that two people, they can have the same look appearance on the x-ray, but one person has pain and the other one doesn't. That's because of other factors. A normal wear and tear as we age, is that's normal. There is wear and tear as we age. And you can have some erosion in the cartilage and, you know, where that can definitely happen. But arthritis is an itis, which means that there's inflammation, which is defined as sort of redness, pain, swelling, and heat in a joint. And the itis part is what's different and is not inevitable. If it's not starting in the joint, where is it starting? Food and the gut are the first two places to start, right? So these hundred trillion bacteria that live in our digestive tract, small and large intestines, those bacteria are critical for helping us have a healthy immune system. They're critical for keeping the lining of your intestines healthy and functioning right, like a barrier. You know, you have this lining of your small and large intestine it's be a barrier and keep the insides of your, the contents of your intestines from just ending up in your blood, right, in your body. Right. They, it's a barrier. And if anything happens to either the bacteria that changes it, then anything that can damage the intestinal lining, an imbalance in the bacteria will damage the lining and other things damage the lining too, like medication and like even things like Advil and pesticides, you know, that we eat in our foods, they can damage the intestinal lining. And what happens is is bacteria from inside the intestines sneak into the body. They slip in through the damaged lining and cause inflammation throughout the body in distant places. And researchers have found pieces of those bacteria inside inflamed joints. 
So we know this whole mechanism now. It's a condition called leaky gut, which your you know listeners might have heard of, where the, this damage to the intestinal lining, and so this connection between gut health and leaky gut and inflammation in the joints is now really being worked out in the, in the lab or in even clinical studies. We now know about that connection. So I dedicate a whole section of my book to exploring what we know about this gut arthritis connection and then teaching people how to heal their gut. We're talking to Dr. Blum and we're talking about healing arthritis. And when you say there's 100 trillion bacteria in our gut, are you being a New Yorker and exaggerating or do you really mean 100 <laughs> trillion? I'm not exaggerating. The estimates are about a, a, a hundred trillion. That's the studies sort of estimate that. And wow. some people even talk about, you know, the estimates are that there's probably, when you think of all the cells we have in our body, there's as many bacteria in our gut. And some people say more bacteria in our gut than we have cells in our body. I mean, everyone's trying to do these estimates, but I'm yeah. not exaggerating. Those are actually numbers from the research. Okay. And if there are 100 trillion bacteria cells, we need, and that's more cells than we have in our body. This is an area we really need to pay attention to. Let me ask you this. So is it safe to say then most people who have arthritis have leaky gut? Yes. I know. Okay. All right. No, I get it. You know, I get it. And I had leaky gut and I helped myself and changed my life and completely reworked my diet. What is the... Right. Yeah. What's the first thing you tell people to do? To rework their diet. Yeah. Right. What is the number one thing they should give up right now today? Well, you know, rather than thinking about what you're going to give up, although simple stuff. That's simple okay. Stuff. We love dogs. Okay, sorry. Yeah, That's I'm, no I'm problem. home today doing the radio tour. So the simple stuff about the food plan is this. Food is the number one most influential thing on your gut health. And so the recommendations to adopt are lifelong changes. And I so appreciate how you said that about these are things you've changes you've made that you've been doing over time. This is you, your gut's an ecosystem. We all like to do these two-week more intensive food plans, like therapeutic, to get you feeling better quickly. Mm-hmm. But then the real goal is how are you going to eat long-term for gut health and for arthritis? And really the, the studies are very clear about long-term gut health and long-term reducing symptoms of arthritis is the basic Mediterranean diet. And so... So what is that? That's just, it's about, I like to focus on what people need to bring in. You know, 70% of what you eat every day should be plants. It should be vegetables. You just have to eat more vegetables. A Mediterranean diet is about a lot of olive oil. It's the quality of your fat. You know, choosing a lot of olive oil, nuts and seeds, fish. That's the basics of a Mediterranean diet. That's where they get all their fat from. They have a much less, they, they have some dairy, but very limited dairy in a Mediterranean diet, and not much red meat. It's really the quality of the fat in the food is very different, and it's an anti-inflammatory kind of fat. The other big thing is all those vegetables, right? It's bringing in tons of antioxidants. You need antioxidants to put out the little sort of sparks in every cell that that occur every day from your normal metabolism. And we know that not enough antioxidants is really important for all kinds of arthritis. And that's where inflammation can start as well Mm -hmm. if you don't have enough antioxidants in your diet. So Mediterranean diet has tons of antioxidants. So it's the quality then of even the things like grains. So yes, there's whole grains in the Mediterranean diet. There are some food plans like for people with dementia. And some people really need to restrict the grains if you have certain gut conditions like SIBO or other things going on or really damaged digestive tract. But long-term, healthy whole grains 
can be part and are part of a Mediterranean diet, but the quality of the grains is where the difference is, right? You get rid of all the sugar, processed, and white flour stuff, which is what a lot of modern American diet people eat. Right. Those foods are very damaging to the gut, and they're actually very inflammatory in the body. And so it's really, I like to really focus, you know, on quality, you know, and, and what you want to focus on bringing in, right. you know? Uh, we're talking to Dr. Susan Blum, and I want to ask, you said we need the antioxidants to put out what in our cells? Okay, so here's the thing. If you think about a car engine, right, A car every day you're running your car and there are sparks, right? That's why we have um, oil and lubrication and spark plugs to make sure your engine doesn't catch on fire, right, from the sparks, from the combustion engine. In your cells, every, day, every nanosecond, in your natural everyday biochemistry, your cells create sparks because you have little combustion engines, your mitochondria in every cell. And so there's sparks that are always being generated in the body, and that's why nature gave us antioxidants, which are the, we think of them as vitamin C and vitamin E and like names like that, but they really are the colors in all the vegetables and fruit that you're eating, right? And so these are natural antioxidants, and so these sparks are called oxidative stress. And it's a normal process. You, we, it actually helps clear out dead cells, and there's a natural process that we have of making these sparks. It's normal. But the problem is that it's always supposed to stay in a balance. And the sparks, you have sparks and you eat and you put it out. And sparks and you eat and you put it out. And these antioxidants are always keeping it in balance. If you don't have enough antioxidants in your diet, the sparks will turn into a fire, you know, and that's what inflammation is. And the fire means all these chemicals, uh, the chemical compounds that are generated inside your cells and in the body are released from these cells and zip around your body, triggering damage to tissues. And studies are very clear that inside the joints of people with both osteoarthritis and rheumatoid arthritis and autoimmune arthritis, these inflammatory arthritis, is that there's high levels of what's called oxidative stress or these free radicals inside the cells and low levels of antioxidants. And so it's about getting out of balance. You know, it's again about our body is supposed to, is like this whole ecosystem and we're supposed to keep things in balance. And if things get out of balance, that's how inflammation can start. So that's, does that make sense? That sort of explanation about antioxidants? and, and Perfect. Um, Perfect yeah. sense. And you made many a heart go pitter-patter to know that you are also a doctor who knows how, to, how a car engine works. <laughs> Makes you very attractive to many people. All right, Dr. Blum, how do we? Where do we go for more information? Yeah, so for more information, go to my book website. I created a site just about arthritis. It's called HealingArthritisTheBook.com. And the most important thing to remember is that arthritis is a systemic condition, and you can find and treat those root causes of arthritis, and you will feel better. Dr. Susan Blum, Healing Arthritis is her new book. If you'd like a copy, contact me via the site Casey.co. Coming up this weekend, I'm hosting a feel-good lunch in Croton, and I've got an hour of inspiration November 18th in Ossining. I'd love for you to join me and subscribe to the Shine On podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. K-A-C-E-Y dot co, C-O has more. Your thought for the day is from Don Miguel Ruiz, who wrote The Four Agreements. Always do your best. Your best is going to change from moment to moment. It will be different when you are healthy as opposed to sick. Under any circumstances, simply do your best, and you will avoid self-judgment, self-abuse, and regret. Have a great week. You've been listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show with Casey, an Ella's Leash production. The content of Shine On, the health and happiness show is intended for general information purposes only. 
You can listen to previously broadcast shows online at kc.co. That's K-A-C-E-Y dot C-O. Join KC for another edition of Shine On, the health and happiness show, next Sunday morning, right here on 100.7 WHUD.